0: job I'm I'm a political theologian, which means that I'm not trying to get Christians to vote in certain ways. That's not what I care about. I care about what did the early church or what did it feel like politically to be around Jesus? What was the early Christian imagination towards nations and states and politics? And how might that influence or inform our political imagination today? This is the sort of thing I do. And one of the things that you need to start looking at then if you're interested in Christian politics is to go back to the earliest documents of the Christian church, which of course is the New Testament. Now, a lot of people, uh, we, we get the Gospels, right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we assume that if they're at the front of the Bible, they must have been the first ones written. But of course, that's not actually true. The Gospels were written a couple of generations, maybe a generation or more, after the events that they were describing. Which makes sense, the eyewitnesses were dying, and so somebody needed to write them down. The earliest documents we have, of course, come from the Apostle Paul. Paul is writing in the white-hot heat of early Christian experience, and he's writing to people who, who knew Jesus, or who knew the people who knew Jesus. And so if you really want to find some early documents, you go to Paul. And then in Paul, for instance, there's a book called Philippians, and in Philippians, Paul is writing... Uh, To an early church and in Philippians 2 there is a little thing called the Christ hymn or the canotic hymn and if you read your bible you'll notice that often it breaks off into Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped right Uh, but he made himself nothing taking the form of a servant and that's a little hymn very interestingly Paul didn't write that hymn almost certainly he is quoting somebody else into his early letter That little hymn is arguably one of the oldest Christian witnesses we have to what it felt like to be around Jesus. It predates even Paul, and Paul is the earliest Christian writer that we know of. So if you want to look at what did it feel like to be around Jesus politically, this is a pretty good tool to have. And one of the things you notice if you put on your politics lenses is that that hymn in Philippians 2 uses a lot of political language. So for instance, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. The phrase equality with God, isotheo. We now think, perhaps 2,000 years later, we think that this is some sort of description of what it was like for the divine omnipotent God to become a human being. I and mean, that's what this is about. We miss, however, what it feels like to hear isotheo. And what it felt like to hear that phrase, if you were a first century Christian, was you would recognize that that was the phrase that Caesars used when they were gunning for top job. That was the phrase that Augustus used when he was going to become Caesar. Augustus considered himself equal with God. And of course, in the Roman world, your your leaders were little gods. The more powerful a human you were, the more godlike you were. Equality with God was known as the sort of phrase that meant you were trying to become... Or you thought you were a public leader with great power. So right away we know in Philippians 2 we're in some sort of political realm. Another clue is the word Jesus does not consider equality with God something to be grasped and the word there is harpagmon. Harpagmon is a technical term which is very much akin to the sort of thing we do in democracy where you, it's how you gather together your power base to be used To get you what you need. Uh, Some English translations say Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, or something to be grasped. But they both mean the same thing, which is, like in any political way of acting, you go to one group and say, if you vote for me, I will support you when the time comes. Are you on my side? Are you on my side? You gather together your power base. You get people to sign a petition for you. You do what you can to get your people on the board, so that then you can ram home your agenda. Right? That's Harpagmon, gathering together your power so that you can focus it in one place. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Instead, says Philippians, he emptied himself. And the word here is kenosis. And kenosis, again, is a phrase which perhaps we now think of as emptying yourself as he became like a doormat. We become like a, you empty yourself of all identity and of all power and you just become something who anybody can use, wishy-washy, you can do, people can use you as you like. Now, unfortunately, we have lost what it means to have kenosis. Kenosis is not a disempowering word. It is, in fact, strangely, oddly, empowering. When you practice kenosis, you are not divesting yourself of all identity. You are instead putting a limit around. You're withdrawing your will so that you can create space for other people's wills to thrive. So when you empty yourself, what you're doing is you're setting a boundary and you're saying, this is my will and no further. I'm going to withdraw my will. I'm not going to try and run roughshod over everyone in the room. I'm not going to practice I'm not going to gather my power and then focus it in one place no matter what everybody else thinks. I'm not going to force my agenda on any one group or, or in the room. Kenosis is a practice of knowing you have power and willingly withdrawing it so to make space for other people. So when the New Testament asks us to submit one to another in all the places that it does, when it's asking us to submit to each other, it's not asking us to become nothing and to allow other people to boss us around. What it's saying is, you have a will. You are a person. Now, how are you going to use that will? It's oddly empowering. You can't submit your will to someone unless you already have one first. And so, in the New Testament, the the ethics of submission one to another which of course has been abused in the modern age. But in the New Testament era, it was seen as a practice directly related to what it felt like to be around Jesus, a powerful public person who didn't use his power and his publicity to ram home his agenda no matter what, but instead withdrew his will, allowing space for others. And in that, says Philippians 2, Jesus was raised even higher than the status of equal with God, and he was in fact put on a pedestal underneath uh, his feet, every power and principality. Jesus was put in an even higher place than Caesar as a result of his godlike use of power. So that's one of the ways that I, as a political theologian, am interested in awakening a Christian political imagination.